Hello, Minnesota boxing fans, and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. I'm Brian Johnson, and my co-host is Sean Strauss. Minnesota boxers Robbie Lloyd and Colton Warner join us as guests in this episode of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. This is the first in a series of episodes previewing the big April 23rd Ignite Mecca 18 card at Canterbury. In the main event at Canterbury, Warner, 3-1 with two KOs of Apple Valley, faces his toughest challenge yet as a pro in the person of Anthony Garrett, a six foot five inch fighter out of Overland Park, Kansas. And in the compelling bout on the undercard, Lloyd tries to improve to 2-0 as a professional. He takes on Mankato's Samuel Hernandez in a middleweight clash. The Canterbury card features nine fights in all, and the Minnesota Fight Night podcast will present a series of boxer interviews in advance of the big April 23rd event. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm Sean Strauss, and I'm here with Robbie Lloyd at Work Gym. Robbie, thanks for joining us. You are number one out of so far 11 fighters I've got booked uh, to interview for this upcoming Canterbury show. Mm -hmm. Um, Super excited about it. Uh, We saw you there last time, your first time out, your pro debut, where you scored a first-round stoppage, which was very exciting. Um, and ever since then, I know Brian talked to you after the, that fight, and he wanted to be here today. Apologies, he's not able to join us. Um, but we wanted to have you on the podcast ever since. So first of all, just thanks for joining us. Um, you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into boxing? I mean, I know this is going to be your second pro fight coming up, um, but can you tell us about how you got into boxing and you know if you have an amateur career or anything like that? Okay, yeah. Well, I start with the... Uh the birth of the boxing. So I got some, uh, I got a grandfather and his brother and then his uh, uh, kids, they're all boxers. And I didn't know that until I got older and started boxing. But uh, what got me to box was I was a kid in Chicago and uh, I heard my uncle like happy, like screaming at the TV. And when I went uh, to see what it was about, uh, it was black and white at the time. I think we didn't have enough like to, to afford a color TV. So at that time, he was yelling at the TV, and I seen this guy with these little black shorts, and he was short, bobbing his head side to side. And he, I just remember seeing a left hook, and the guy fall, and he don't get up, and he was excited. But in the middle of the uh, ring, it said Trump. So I was always growing older, and like, what is this Trump? What is Trump? And I got older, and I realized it was the Trump Plaza where they was boxing that. So that was Mike Tyson. So my uncle was was a big fan of Mike Tyson, and I started liking Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson got me to start boxing. But... When I got to knowing about boxing, it was more of the Sugar Ray Robinson, the Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray Lennon, a little bit of Ali's and stuff like that. Yeah, so that about that about it. That's how I got with the so boxing. When you uh, when you actually started getting in the gym, though, like oh, that was, was like, that in Chicago or no? I, I did a little bit with my peoples down there, but I was young. I was like seven, maybe six, seven before we moved from Chicago to Minnesota. So okay. around like fast forward to like maybe fourteen, I started at Brunettes. Oh, okay. Brunettes at uh, sure. Arcade, yep. Back in when they was on Arcade at that little, uh, I think it's a bar now, but it used to be Brunettes. They used to go in the basement. We shared the gym half the day with uh, Team Bison, which was an MMA 
team too at the time with Brett the Grim Rogers, Sammy Morgan, Dave Green, all those guys. So I learned a little bit of boxing and MMA at the time I was there. Yeah, it's a legendary Minnesota family right there. Yeah. Brian Burnett just got inducted in, uh, I want to say it was 2019, yeah. in the Hall of Fame for Brian Minnesota. Brunette. Brian, um, Al, Bobby. Bobby, yep. yeah, obviously is still involved uh, yep. with the combat uh, commission here. Yep. Um, so that's awesome, man. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually started getting in the ring and having fights, was that while you were fighting out of Brunettes? Or? Yeah, uh, i say about maybe 16, 17, I had my first fight with Ben. Uh, ben Lane was coaching me at the time. I repeat, my buddy Ben, uh, he was coaching me at the time. And uh, he took me to Canterbury, actually. I had all my first four or five fights at Canterbury. Oh, wow. Yeah. With the, uh, this was outside at the time. And it was kind of, you know, dope to see your replays on the screen and the horse races. You know, in, in, uh, in between interventions and being close to a horse, that was cool, too. So around that time, Al, you know, coached the corner and, uh, by, uh, and Ben did, too. So ever, ever since then, it was, it was a ball rolling. Then I switched to uppercuts. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, because that got foreclosed. And, uh, when you were at uppercut, who were you working with out of there? I, was, I, I did a little bit with Jock. Lisa told me uh, a couple things, um, you know, about... My jab, because I had a good one, like a natural jab, so she always wanted me to bring it back up. You know, always wanted me to throw the jab out there and bring it back up. She knows I was nice. She just gave me the. You still the seeing her around? I mean, right? You go to the amateur shows, you see yeah, she's around, I so still that's cool. Just try to see her and, and tell her thank you, but it that's was some a, stuff that happened back in the day. The, the guy that I was uh, getting coached by, he actually, when I was done with him, because we got like into an argument at the Golden Gloves. So when I was done with him, he was still using our blueprint with their gym name, trying to raise money to keep for herself. Oh, that's not so, yeah, good. so they kind of put us in a bad relationship. And I was young, so I didn't know. I just wanted to fight. It was around the time I was sparring Caleb, too. That was fun. I was like 16. Oh, Yep. That's always cool. Yep. It was fun. I learned a lot from that guy. He was actually the only pro that I actually looked up to, really. If you think about it, it, gave, it really gave me a chance to, like, really open my mind up and find a real reason of fighting not just fighting so. yeah he uh he was actually doing the commentary for your fight yeah i was that, excited that's gotta be pretty cool you yeah, know if I was you excited grow up you know see that guy getting to do some sparring with him and then he's commentating your fight that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome sparring former world champ yeah man he's still world champ to me yeah he, you know he well once you're a champ far. you're always a champ i'll yeah. always call him champ so i look like him feel uh the fields the matt vanders the jason Litsaw, the Lario brothers all those guys I shared the ring with and sparred with. It's just I see this gap now where a lot of people ain't doing what we used to do back in the day. Those are some big names. Yeah, no, them guys, I had fun with those guys. Yeah. You know, Boris, the Russian giant. I, oh, uh, yeah, Brad, at Uppercut. You know, yeah, I remember yeah, him. So, yeah, that was one. That was fun, too, I used to He was really nice. Heavy. We had a... And when Bonsante fought uh, John Duddy, we had like mm-hmm. an Irish kind of party for St. Patrick's Day at mm-hmm. our house to watch that. And uh, my dad invited Boris over. He was a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, well, cool. So you went from brunettes to uppercut, and then after that, then where did you go? Uh, I was uh, I, I didn't want to give ACNR the try, but I went there anyway because Katie was there. I wanted to see how he worked, out, how he prepared himself versus the amateur looking because I wanted to turn pro like young. I didn't really like the amateur. We went from a punch count to a pro count. So it was yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, yeah big difference. In a minute and a half and two minutes from going four rounds, three minutes, it's, it, was, it, it switched. So I'm like, you know, I want to do pro. Let me see how these pro guys prepare themselves. And I, see, I saw nothing different but something they special they're special on. Like Caleb, like his jump rope and his, his uh, what's that, sit and squat where you sit down and oh, stand up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see him using that. Thing, I do yeah. that right now. So I call him the Calebs. 
<laughs> I do my Caleb's. Right, what you gotta do today? I, I do my Caleb's. I'm out of here. Yeah, Caleb. Uh, what's his motto? Like cut no corners, right? Yeah, cut no corners. So I go right. I go right to it. Best body punch you ask me. So you went and tried out ACR, and then after that, uh, I grew a bond with uh, what was that? Dirty Dave. I grew a bond with him. A good bond with him, and he really opened my eyes up because this was my second time, well, third time coming back from taking off because of the politics of the gym closing and certain gyms calling you a gym hopper. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Sure. So what's the gap between there and then here? We're at work now. So, I mean, that's how, how much time has passed since you oh, were, like, a lot. it's been like, a lot. I, lot? Yeah, it's been a lot because I gave up a few times because I didn't know which way to start. And then I could never afford to go to, like, the Nationals or... You know, only stayed in the region. Unfortunately, that's a, a big problem, I think, yep. with amateurs is uh, it costs a lot. Yeah, you know, and if you don't shows. have, I mean, all, all the kids, you got to you gotta get not just equipment, but you have to get their equipment, you mm-hmm. know, the sponsored equipment. And then to travel around, to go to all the different fights and the tournaments, it's expensive. Yeah, um, super expensive. And, and time-consuming, too. So um, I can understand the difficulty there. Um, at work, though, all right, so now we're sitting in work. When did you get here? Like, how did you, like, tell me about when you arrived here? Because this seems like this is your home. This is my, this, this is my home last stop. This is the only stop. This is it. This is what I've been looking for all my life. It's just that little attention to jumpstart a career or sh- walk you down there or show you, bring, just bring you around the boxing community. That, this was the only gym I did that. The gym that I came for previously from this gym was Northside, and I was there helping the kids every day, coaching them, helping them. They come over spend a night, I wash their clothes, give them something to eat. I was doing stuff like that. Um, some of them kids didn't want to go home or they'll go straight to the streets or, you know, stuff like that. And I didn't, I didn't like that. I couldn't let it sit on my chest. So I used to bring the kids home with me, my brothers, my family, and show them what family is and what love is instead of always trying to. That really eat, struck you know? a chord with Brian, actually. After your fight, you made a comment about, like, it was for the kids. Yeah, it is. You it's know? definitely and really for the kids. You don't hear that too often, you know, when someone's all hyped up after a fight and stuff, you know. Uh, so that was pretty cool. You're giving the love back to the kids. Yeah, you got to because there's some like me, you know, that they can't afford the next step or that wants to do it in a teeter-totter on either the streets. Because the streets ain't always bad. It's bad majority, but it's not always bad. It's just like another attention, another blueprint to be something to somebody. And you get in that, that position to go through these trials and tribulations to to have the right definition or the right thing to say to these kids that'll keep them coming back to the gym and actually wanting to be something in life instead of going on the street, stealing cars just for joyriding, getting away from the police and talking about it. Because that's what's going around over North. All the kids I used to deal with, they're stealing cars now. And they're driving, having high-speed chase with the police, they're on probation. It's like, dude, you don't know. This is messing your life up, man. You got a lot of stuff to do and you, you're going the wrong route. And it makes me go back and be like, well, if that guy had enough time or if I was in a position to put kids in fights, just to show them these Terrence Crawfords or these, just show them because it was easy for me to see them. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm 31. I was, I was happy like to see these guys. I'm like, yo, I'm a fan, man. Like, I ain't never been this close before, ever. Like everything's new to me. So they respected it. I chopped up with like the Terrence Crawford, Shakur Stephen for like an hour, and he took pictures and ate. It was fun. And I think that if a kid sees that, they know that I can be in that position if I complete this, just this bracket or this region or or this national i can actually really open up and realize there's another way instead of just the streets because i have free time you can see the difference between kids and the other kids that don't really want stuff are you doing um i mean i i 
I guess, like, I was talking to St. Car uh, Frazier a little bit um, after the weigh-ins for the last Armory show. Mm-hmm. He stopped by. Um, it was my first time getting to meet him. Um, and the reason I bring him up is because, you know, Circle of Discipline, and they do things sort of like what you were describing, what, what you were doing over at North, you know, where you're doing not just the fighting stuff. You're doing, like, the social outreach. You're basically helping the, the community mm-hmm. and showing the youth the right way to, you know, to live and that there's a different way, like you said. Is um, is that become just like part of your life? You know, in addition to the training, you know, you're just it, trying to do that. It sounds these, like it is. You know, you have these times at the gym where you come every day, and then it's like, oh, it's boring. You don't want to get Delico, the guy, that, you know, that coaches me now at work. He tell me don't get bored. So I, I'll use that, you know, in the, in the analogy of all like working out. Like I think of the kids. Like, what well, else kids still? that's gonna grow up. You know, uh, one guy told me that. Well, this is just the first wave of kids. And it's like, yeah, you're right, but what's going to happen with these first wave of kids? We can't just show them, show them, show them, throw them out when they turn 18 and then go worry about the next kids when there's nothing. You know, nobody's looking up to something. You know, they're looking at old videos and not knowing what they're looking at, you know, right. in boxing. So it's like you got to have, if you're going to say it's for the kids, you got to have something that stand on it. So it's like if I would be with a kid now and coach him now, then what's going to happen when it's 3, 4 o'clock and he's going to go home now? Or 5 o'clock he's going to go home? He's going home to either a messed up home or he's going home to where I got to get home and I might get my bike taken or I, uh, the car might ride up and I might get punched on and my pockets ran and I ain't got nothing. So it's like that trauma we're dealing with growing up is crazy. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. It's, it's a lot of trauma. You know, we, 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 we raised in trauma anyway, whether you're black, white, whatever. You know, people don't talk to strangers, look left and right. In, in the gym here, though, like... Um is is this something like um, that's tra- that's crossing over to like what you're doing in the gym, or is it just outside of the gym? Well, you know, what I mean, like, are, are there are, like, the are there like like I guess what I'm saying is like when you look at Northside or or Circle of Discipline or whatever, there is the youth that are there, mm-hmm. you know, and they're trying to get them off the streets and they're trying to get them, you know, whatever. But um, does that kid know that? The kid doesn't know that. He thinks that I need to stay off the video games, and my mama wants me to get off the video games. <laughs> right. So you got Fortnite. Versus, you know, trying to. No, but what I'm getting at is like, are are there kids here that like you're interacting with and helping like inside the work gym? At this gym right now, yeah, yeah a couple of them. You know, I, I got. Are they like also gearing up to fight too, mm-hmm. or, or are got, they fighting already? They got, I think, what they got Golden Gloves coming up next. So there's this guy named Davier that I uh, keep real close to me because he's a special one. He's a special kid because. I don't know, I guess it keeps me in the loop, too, with kids and how kids are right now, how they think. So, yeah, I'm helping a couple kids here. When your training routine, getting back to, like, you know, the upcoming fight, you know, you were coming from, what, you were doing something else outside where you were swimming or something, and yeah. you, now you came over here, now you're yeah. going to get in a workout here. Hopefully I'm not taking you away from that. No, I mean, no, no. We're going to keep hours, this pretty man. short. 24 hours but, free. Um, so can you just give us a breakdown on, like, some of the things you're doing to, you know, keep prepared and... Uh, you know what your boxing routines are. You mentioned you're doing your Caleb's, you yeah, know, your squats I do and those stuff. Every day. But, but what else are you doing? Day or every other day. Well, it's a, 2,000 sit-ups, 2,000 push-ups. Uh, what we do? Sprints. You know, the regular sprints and, and jogging to balance your weight. Uh, I do a lot of lots of shadow boxing. Maybe an hour of shadow boxing when I get here. You know, head movement slips. As far as the condition, endurance, and all that stuff, that it just comes with it. I don't even like really focus on it. And Delico and Mo, they do a good job of keeping in, uh, keeping up with what I did this week or what I did that week or what I should do today and where the rest at. The rest is very important because my body has shut down. 
<laughs> two or three times of training. So it's like, why you can't, you can't just slow down? You only need 20 minutes. Well, it's like, I like to snack. I like to sit back. So if I sit back, I become lazy. Right. I need to get up and do something. So swimming, taught myself how to swim, ran. Uh, sauna is irritating. I don't like the sauna. You know, that's, yeah, that's, I don't it's, like the sauna. Is making weight hard for you? I mean, no. I really for those for, for those of our listeners, and you haven't seen Robbie, he's tall, and uh, you don't look like you're heavy. You know, you look like you're pretty slim for a tall yep. guy. Yep. So that's too. that's dangerous yeah, if you're super. in the fight game because super. you know you got guys with long arms, and uh, you know when you're shorter and maybe you're stockier, you like mm-hmm. a guy like me. If I was in the same weight classes as a tall guy like you, I'd be like, oh crap. Yeah. Because if they can day. reach you, <laughs> if they can reach you, jab yeah. all day, make you yeah. desperate. Once you reach in, go to sleep. Now, the guy you're fighting coming up, uh, his name, I believe, is Sam Hernandez. Yep. And yep. Um, I don't know much about him. Um, I reached out to him also to try and get him on the, like, the podcast. Like I said, I've got, including yourself, 11, um, which is awesome. And hopefully we'll get Sam on as well. Um, but do you know anything about him or, well, or anything? That he's MMA and he's very tough. And I can agree that MMA guys are super tough and straightforward, uh, solid. So I know that. The way that he's like that he fights or the background he come from is the perfect style for me to really fight the way I want to fight because I hate I don't like fighting for it. Okay. You know, once you hit him with a couple jabs and sit down with a couple jabs, then they just sit there and counter all day. So if I can get him to keep coming towards me, it'll be fun if he keep coming towards me. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like, like you like, said, I mean, if you're if you're keeping him on the outside with a jab, he's gonna have to find a way in, right? Yep, it's so. not the lunge in, and that's what he don't want to do. I wouldn't want to do that. I'll keep on trying to find my way in between his punches, but it's very tricky. I'm unpredictable, so I like to get under uncomfortable positions and get tricky. We've seen this uh, recently where I want to say uh, the last Hinkley card, we were talking to Gavin Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fights out of Minnesota top team. Uh, he's also on this card. We'll be talking to him later. Um, and he was fighting an MMA guy um, who was very game and very tough. Um, but I just kind of, you know, put the two together, the comparisons. You're, you know, fighting a guy who is coming from the MMA background, and I can just, I can attest to what you're saying. Like, um, don't count them out. They are very tough, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they're tough, man. I, I wouldn't, regardless if the guy got headbutted and fell out, I, uh, those guys, you see how tough he is, I'll, take, I'll fight you again. It's just, you know, he came back. Even Sam, Sam, you know, hit up Eric and said, yo, I'll take that fight. So I was like, you know what, those guys is tough. I like I like them. I like them, and those guys, like, get in their world. I will be getting in, in their world, and I want Sam to know pretty soon if wherever this goes, if I win, if he wins, we'll run it back in MMA because I, I know a little bit of that. Oh, really? Yes. I want to get in that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be good. We'll get that going in MMA. Um, so we're finishing up here um sparring all right mm-hmm. so you you gave us a little bit of a breakdown of some of the things you're doing to, to prepare sparring is obviously one of the the, the things that you got to do to get ready um how are you doing that are you sparring guys from work are you going to other gyms to spar are you bringing them in here what what's the, i have uh, uh i got a couple friends and a couple family members in chicago to uh, iowa uh, uh was it devonport or moline moline actually uh iowa and um uh, I was going to go down there, just be around my family to spar around with those guys and get in their camp because they got fights coming up too. So I'll be with them for a little bit, for like probably three, four days and come back home. But the sparring here, I got 
high caliber sparring, which Galvin sometimes come down. He should be coming down tomorrow. Like uh, I think that's what he said. I talked to him yesterday, actually. Galvin's, I got a story about that. I like Galvin. He, he reminds me of like a Kelly Pavlik. You know, he got some nice long right hand and a nice jab. And I always told him like, dog, I'm a fan of you, dog, like at an amateur. And I don't think he believed it, but I think Northside, uh, uh, no, Lisa made us a fight and I turned it down. I'm like, I'm not fighting Galvin, that's my homie. If, he, if it's important to him, then he can take the fight or whatever he got to go. I have less chance to even going to the next round anyway. Even when I was 28, I couldn't get to the next round because it's either work all day or come to boxing when they only open like, what, three to four, five or three to uh, eight, and I'm getting off work 6.30. It's like, man, I had a rush. Yeah, boxing gym hours are, are yeah. typically tough. Um, I love this one. It's 24-8 for me. Yeah, there's that's kind of becoming a a new thing. I think uh, up in Duluth, Jungle Gym is mm-hmm. doing that. I know Three P Boxing's doing that twenty four seven. Hidden Storage down in uh, Red Wings doing twenty four hours. I believe um, Likes Gym is doing that also. Don't quote me on that, but I think that they were going to anyway if they that's haven't. The, but I think the that's the, the next model is getting these gyms that you know. So you're saying work? You can come here whenever. Or? I come here whenever, and then you know Delico he always checks in on me. Mo checks in on me. Tell me if I'm if I'm just a little bit smudged off and not not focused, they get on it. Make sure I'm right mentally and then get here. Just like we got Galvin, DeLorean, and Marlon. Those are the ones that we normally spar. Me and, me and DeLorean might get in seven, eight rounds straight just to see where I'm at mentally and he keeps me on point. Like I, I got a tendency of probably I had a tendency of uh I went back to dropping my jab, the one Lisa was talking about. And he called it out, and he corrected it too with a with a with a uh, I think a right hand over my jab. So I'm like, yeah, that never happened again. <laughs> so I started snapping my jab. That's what you're gonna see a lot. You're gonna see a lot of distance in this uh, April 23rd. A lot of distance and a lot of fast punches because I need I, I need it. I need to explode. I need to show more of my speed and and actually being there or being more busy or at least sell it because I I, I guess a lot of people say I wasn't busy enough. I was listening to a lot of people in the video saying breathe and it's like no this is the game plan i know at your last fight you're they yeah. were saying they were like breathe take your time it's like it was, uh, i don't have to take my time this it guy. was less than a round <laughs> hey i guess and there's the other hey, stuff i suppose saying, hey you can always improve right yeah so, so i said i guess i'll do that a little more but it, it, it's whatever i can i'm training 15 rounds so so yeah that the reason i brought up the sparring too is i mentioned this uh when we were talking uh, brian and i were that um in our armory recap, um, you know, like someone like David Morrell, who I love, you know, mm-hmm. local guy uh, from Cuba, um, he his fights don't last that long. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, hopefully he's getting rounds when he spars and stuff because he's not getting him in the ring when he fights. You see, you see, <laughs> you know, Eddie, what's his name, Edgar Belanga? Oh that yeah, that guy. He didn't get that many rounds. He's stopping people in the first round, and once you start seeing, you start having these excuses about shoulders and all this. It's like, no, no, you didn't finish him because now it's getting up there. And you can't just go in and just walk down everybody. Yeah, I thought so. uh, Xander Zayas uh, or Zayas. I thought he was really the highlight of that that card, man. That yeah. was great. It was great. But once you look at it, you see the stress, man. That's what I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to go. I'm trying to – the people, we already had the Tysons. We had the Ileys. You know, you pay your money to go see fighting. We ended in 30 seconds. It's not fun. You got to yeah. go there and actually mentally abuse your opponent. And if he can't do that so – yeah, me, I believe that the body has no style. But they have the ability to know all style and get ready for war. So you can't have a feeling that Zarzar just sitting there for 12 rounds or 10 rounds. If you got two counter punches, somebody's got to adapt and overcome. 
Right. You can't just be a counterpunch a counterpunch. You're just sitting there posing the whole time. Nobody wants to see that either. People want to see art, knockouts, you know what I'm saying? Nice slips and move, make you miss two or three, four punches and come back with two, three, four punches yourself. You know, they want to see, they want to have a good time. They want to look at something fun and just sitting there and, and, and trying to prolong the rounds and don't know your opponent, you're still trying to fill them out. That's not, we're going to start losing like the eye of boxing. It's, it's going to get boring. You got to find a balance. You can't go in there and knock them out and you can't go out there and outbeat them. Because if you go out there and outbeat them, they're going to say that, well, he's not a good caliber fighter anyways against this guy. Well, this guy spent 10 years in, the, in this game, got an okay record, and just because this guy walked him down or beat the brakes off of him, he's not good enough? No. It's, 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 it's a teeter-totter. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not concerned that your fight's not going to entertain, let me tell you that. I, I, I am looking forward to it. I know Brian's looking forward to it. I'm sure um, everyone who saw you fight last time is looking forward to it. And if you didn't see Robbie fight last time, don't miss it. I'm um, trying to tell you because it's, it's be all, class, all classic art poetry. I, I take leaving my feet down. I want, it, I want the pictures to look nice. <laughs> and at the same time, my, my craft is, is, is sharp too. So just being sharp, man, sharp and crispy. Well, thank you for making time for me, Robbie. Um, we're keeping this a little bit shorter today just because, you know, we're doing so many interviews on the one podcast, but definitely want to touch base with you again later. Um, and obviously when the next one gets lined up, we'll do it again. You know, we love to have you back on and we want to keep promoting the local fights and we want the fans to get to know the local fighters. Yeah, that's so, very um, important. Very important. Give you the know, kids something to look up to. If you're, uh, if you're doing any of your outreach or if you got anything going on or... Just whatever, you know, like, let me know. Because, you know, it's not just the podcast. I also do the social media with the Minbox. And, and, you know, love to promote it. Like I said, I want to make sure that all these local Minnesota fans don't think that there's not something going on. That's why I'm sharing literally, like, anything and everything I can, you know, from the old clippings to the new stuff from the gyms everywhere. Um, Minnesota's got a great boxing scene. Yeah, and it's, it's on the rebound. And now that COVID's kind of loosening up and we're having all these shows, it's awesome. Yeah. So hopefully... Get the, get the W, or if you don't, like you said, or, or whatever, you throw it back, whatever, point. just Let's get keep, it. keep it doing it, you know, yep. what you're doing, man. Yep. Um, right on, dude. Appreciate Thank it, boss. Appreciate and it. Brian, hopefully, will be on the next one. Yeah, Brian, come on. <laughs> it's supposed to been fun, man. Yeah, so uh, please be joined again by Colton Warner. Um, Colton is a, uh, we all know he's a friend of the Minnesota Fight Night podcast, up and coming heavyweight boxer out of Apple Valley, Minnesota, and a big fight coming up here on the 23rd at Canterbury. Um, so how's it been going with you, Colton? You getting in a lot of work in the gym and uh, I know you're always staying in tip top shape. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Um, I'm in like better shape than I've been in for my other fights just because this is my first, I would say, good test. Uh, the guy I'm fighting is Anthony Garrett. He's 6'5", 260, so we're similar sizes. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he seems like he's a pretty tough guy, so I'm excited for that. And I've been training my butt off. And I mean, I could fight today. To be honest, I mean, I'm always kind of like that, to be honest, but uh, I'm in probably the best shape I've been in as far as being a pro. So I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely excited to see you again in action. Um, so, so uh, 
what what do you know about your opponent there have you um seen any film of him or anything yeah i've seen a little bit so he's i think he's had 12 pro mma fights uh and then he's one and all as a pro boxer and as far as film i really haven't seen anything because in the fights that i saw it was like they stood up for uh you know not very long so it was like limited offense as far as with their hands and then he won or lost like they had went to ground eventually i mean he's had knockout wins on the ground i didn't see anything where he knocked anyone out on their feet uh there, there wasn't really enough to take from that i would say i say the biggest thing i see is just that he's a big long body and that um i'll have to get in and be educated and not uh, just because when someone's taller like that i'm in his range a little bit sooner so uh, but there's nothing i'm concerned with it looks like i've seen him fight southpaw as well as orthodox um but i don't really have an issue with if he comes out either way so i guess we'll just have to see on the night which is fine anyway because uh you don't when you get in there sometimes you, you can watch film which it's good and you might pick up little pieces but it never looks the same when you're in the ring as it does like when i'm watching a fight or if you're in it's always different in there so um, i don't like to really worry about film or what someone looks like because when you're in there it feels different so i'll just adapt to whatever he brings yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like Mike Tyson said, we all have a plan till we get punched in the face or something like that. I'm yeah, probably butchering that quote, but. <laughs> no, that's true. So. What have you uh, been doing for, uh, for your, your training, Colton? I know you've been a Minnesota top team. Um, last time we talked, your gym was under construction uh, for your new home camp. Um, yeah. but it looked like you had gone out uh, west again. Uh, recently um i can't remember if you went out to vegas or if you went to california but can you tell us what you've been doing yeah i was in vegas for a little bit and i had trained um with uh nico walsh ali who's muhammad ali's grandson and then his trainer um is richard sloan who was the guy who was around Kronk back in the day and my dad and him actually go ways back he's a like amazing artist he does uh all the ring magazine uh covers they'll, they'll see paintings in there and stuff that's him um so it was awesome to catch up with those guys i trained with capitillo um got a shirt on he uh really knowledgeable great guy and now i've came back home and trained with my dad and then there's another nico walsh who's my buddy who uh, helps train me and then uh also roy dunlap so I mean, my training is I run four days a week, box five days a week, lift twice a week. Um, so I just try to space stuff out. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been going great. And we're super excited. I honestly wish the fight was, like, tonight. I'm, like, I'm really excited about this because I know that a lot of people will be there. It's local. So people don't have to go up to Hinkley. Um, and I'm also excited because – my last fight, um, I guess you could say the last two, didn't go long. And I hope that this guy is durable because I'd like to put a bit of a beating on him. And for people to see, um, it, one, the second that I get pushed more, I think you're going to see probably a brutal knockout. Um, just because when two come to tango, um, I think that 
all, all the things that I work on, you'll be able to see more. Um, he's a bigger guy. And I like that because that is going to show a little bit more of my knowledge on getting in on somebody. Whereas my last guys were a bit, a little bit shorter than me and I could kind of just use my athleticism and stay on the outside. Um, but I hope that I can get in there and mix it up actually. Um, not take punches, but I want to get in close and show the variety that I do have. So I'm hoping that this fight does that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned that this guy's got a, a MMA background because um, earlier today I was talking to Robbie Lloyd and he's facing a guy with an MMA background. And um, the last Hinkley card we were at, I was talking about how uh, Gavin Hendrickson was fighting a guy with an MMA background. I'm like, I've seen a lot of these guys with the MMA backgrounds uh, transition to boxing, which is cool. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and good for boxing, good for us. Cause I mean, these guys are tough, you know, take nothing away from them. Um, the guy that Gavin fought, I mean, we were talking about how he think he knocked his mouthpiece out like four times, but the guy was so tough. He just kept coming, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I'm expecting your opponent to be game if he's got an MMA background for sure. And to be tough. Yeah, I would think so. I know like the guy Gavin fought is extremely tough and he was coming to take his head off. I'm hoping this guy does the same to me um, and then I can put him to sleep. I don't think that he'll make it out of the first round either, to be honest, but I hope that I get a few rounds, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know with, with MMA, it's so different. So I also have to watch what's coming back to me because it's not very uh, orthodox as far as boxing. MMA guys do weird stuff and a lot of them can switch from orthodox to Southpaw um that's not something i'm worried about but you have to watch that because it can catch people sleeping sometimes they're not used to it all of a sudden they like have a mental lapse so i'm very aware that this is a big guy who i mean anyone who's a heavyweight i don't care if they look like a bum they can knock you out um so i always respect everyone it doesn't matter i mean i'm not gonna get hit because i know even my last two guys uh, even if i their boxing level wasn't mine but they were very strong guys. And I know that if they hit me on the chin, that's how you're going to beat me. But I think that my boxing, I don't think anyone will box me. I don't think anyone will fight me, but if I'm dumb, I know that I can be knocked out. So I think it's just about being wise and having respect for your opponent. Always. I don't care if they're boxer, kickboxer, MMA, um, whatever they are. Um, this is a huge dude. I mean, he's bigger than me. Um, I think he's got a bigger reach than me. So if I mess up, he can put me out. So this is a fight that's fun because if I mess up, I get knocked out and I intend on knocking him out. So it's a fun fight because you got two big guys where I, I don't see how it could go four rounds, to be honest. So I think it's going to be really exciting and I'm excited to push myself and to show people uh, all the capabilities and kind of what I work on and to show that I'm not like one dimensional uh, I can fight on the inside or outside. So um, I want to bring the fight to this guy. He's a little bit taller. So I want to push him back. Heavyweight boxing is always exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it really is. Like I, all skill levels too, I think. Um, and this is like early in our boxing careers. Um, and I think that we'll both want to make a statement as well. So, yeah, heavyweight boxing, to me, it's always fun. 
because it's that it's like that anticipation if one mistake happens either guy can always go you've seen the huge, biggest upsets ever in that division it doesn't matter if it's like buster douglas tyson uh lennox lewis with ramen like if you sleep on anybody it could be a big heavyweight in the bar like he <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. Not messed around, it's a big boy, so you have to always respect them and just be smart. And then, if you force a knockout, that's usually when you get knocked out. But if you take your time, heavyweights are big enough where you don't have to like muscle a shot in, you just let your hands go, and eventually, um, you'll catch them with something that you'll see they got hurt, and then you can finish them. And, and we, we saw that fairly recently with uh, Povetkin when he upset uh, Dillian White and White was winning the fight and Povetkin, man, just one shot and it was yeah. over. He put yeah. him to sleep. And then, you know, of course, White won the rematch, but hey, Povetkin earned himself another payday. <laughs> you exactly. know? And, uh, yeah, was like, White, White was brilliant in the rematch. <laughs> yeah. He was brilliant in the first one. That, that tells yeah. you how heavyweight boxing is. He was brilliant yeah. in the first one. I thought boxing amazing, dropped him, and then he gets knocked out of, out of nowhere. That's why what I said with respect. The second that you sleep on any heavyweight, I don't care what they look like, if they're tall, short, skinny, jacked, fat, it doesn't matter. Like you you can be put to sleep. And that was like the perfect example. Pavekin's only like 6'2, 220. That's not a big heavyweight these days, where Dillian's like a 6'4, like I want to say like 255 beast. And he put him down, but Pavetkin is still dangerous enough that he put him out with, like, a beautiful uppercut, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, to me, why heavyweight boxing is the most exciting, I'd say, because it's just you, there's no room for air. Yeah, you never know what you're going to see. Last time you gave us something I think we had never seen before where a guy came clean out of his shoe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um so that was that was funny um not to uh i mean yeah just you don't ever know what you're gonna see with heavyweights that was great um you talked about you're wearing a capatillo shirt but you've got team warner shirts you had them the last time uh also which was great because we looked out in the crowd and we could see a bunch of team warner uh shirts i know i got one this time uh, so i'm excited about that um, so you fans out there, if you're listening, um, look at your team Warner shirt, you can go on his uh, website or your social media and he's got a link there, follow it and you can get your shirt or message him. I think that's how I got mine. On Instagram or Facebook, and then I can just ship it out to you or if we're around, you know, we can meet each other whatever. But yeah, those, th- those have been going really fast actually, which I'm really excited because for a second I was like, kind of worried if I bought too many, to be honest. And now we actually don't have many left. So um, yeah, I think we have like large and extra larges now. So I'm excited to hopefully see a lot of those there too. Um, yeah. yeah. It's cool when you see the supporters, like the last uh, last fights up at Hinkley, I know um, Tim Taggart, uh, he had uh, a similar type of deal, like where he was selling shirts and they were for um, a special cause too. Um, and but it's just really neat because then it helps identify where the fans are you know yeah. in the crowd it makes it kind of fun uh colton i wanted to ask you about since you're uh the minnesota fight night podcast's uh official tyson fury correspondent yeah. uh having been a sparring partner of tyson's uh what do you make of uh his fight coming up with uh the aforementioned dillian white uh. and uh yeah what do you expect to see there yeah, and I mean, 
that's going to be an exciting fight. Um, I don't feel like people give Dillian, Dillian the credit that he deserves. If you look at his last few years, he's been a mandatory where he should have got a title shot and he's fought super tough opposition. And he, I mean, people will look back to the Joshua fight. Like that's a whole different Dillian White who lost to Joshua. He's very matured. He's very strong. And um, I think that that's going to be a fun fight. And I know, I believe that Tyson is going to knock him out. Um, but I think, like I said, the, the what if factor, the small room for error, Tyson has to be sharp because he's, he's dealing with a, you know, a big puncher, but Tyson, I do believe is the best. And, um, obviously is, I mean, Dillian's like my size, um, Tyson's six, nine and two seventy five to two eighty. So, um, I just don't see Dillian as far as like, I don't think that. I think that he should fight probably Tyson should fight a little bit different than against like Deontay because he could get right inside. Um, I think they take this fight easy because of the size difference. But I think that Tyson might not even worry about that. I think he does actually he's changed his style. I think he's gonna want to just go forward and like bulldoze him. Um, but he just has to be smart when he does it. But I do think it's gonna happen. I think he'll knock him out. And I think that Dillian's not a slouch and he's a tough guy. So even if he's taking a beating, I think it's going to be very exciting rounds um, early, to be honest. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. Didn't you guys hear that mm-hmm. that fight's off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday was April Fool's, guys, just in case yeah. you didn't know. That was that was a funny social media thing. Everyone oh. was talking about, like, the fight's off. It's like, no, it's not off. <laughs> well, I was actually you... scared for a second. Because, like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because I thought I, it's got to be April Fool's, but at the same time, yeah, that would be terrible. Tyson says this is uh, going to be his last fight. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I mean, I don't really believe that, but uh, I mean, he's he's come out and said that publicly. Do yeah. you think that's for real or? Uh, I guess I can't say. I don't know where his head's at. I think like when he said it, he, I think he probably meant it, but. Mm change his mind i mean he might retire and then come back two months later like it's uh it's so yeah, tough call it tom brady there's <laughs> so many athletes that it's like they yeah. they think it's their time to hang them up like and i mean floyd did it for years where he, i mean he yeah. only time to retire uh well at least he would do it for a little while it'd be like a year or something or almost a year and then you'd be like all right so he actually enjoyed a little bit of time off yeah you know I, what I believe with Tyson is I, I think that he loves fighting more than anyone I've ever seen, to be honest. And I actually mm-hmm. have met a decent amount of top fighters and I can tell that he really, really loves it. Uh, I'd be interesting to see how he handles like not boxing anymore. I think he'll probably be involved in some way. So that'll like keep the fire going. But I also think that he's a very smart guy. And I think that he also probably wants to enjoy his family. He realizes he's made a lot of money. So who knows? I mean, he's got, I think, like six kids so and a wife. Yeah. So if he, to be honest, I know people think, oh, you know, he's got to fight Josh. He's got to fight these guys. But financially, he's done so well and he has a beautiful family. So it's like a fighter wants to enjoy that. I think it's because like Andre Ward was a guy, too, who I feel like had so many years that he could have kept going. Yep. Mm-hmm. He could be like right now. He's pretty still in great shape. I think. 
he'll be a champion. So, but he got out and now he's like working other, uh, other areas of boxing, which is awesome. And I'm sure he's yeah, doing, Tyson's awesome. done so many other things. I mean, whether it was the wrestling or, yeah. and I think, I think one of the things he cited that he wanted to do was like a documentary on like his life or whatever, you know, his, yeah. at which, but you mentioned, you know, he's got six kids and, you know, um, he's, like you said, he's intelligent. He wants to leave that way, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. leave with his faculties intact. So sure. um, I guess I wouldn't be surprised either way if, yeah. you know, now that Usyk was given the green light, you know, and he's going to fight the rematch with AJ, um, I could see Fury holding out for that and then having yeah. that be the sort of the, the swan song. But yeah. Who knows? The, the whole issue is, is that because things have been so tied up in that way, with, as far as like Usyk, Joshua, I don't see it like I, from like being like being around Tyson. I don't feel like he's gonna just wait forever and ever just to like make that fight. And also, like people don't see, but he sacrifices so much that when he's away at camp, I mean, he like. I mean, he puts the phone away. He's all he does is train and eats perfect. So goes to bed early. Like he lives very, and that like when we were out in Vegas, that fight had been postponed. At first, he was fighting when I was first with him. He was supposed to fight Joshua. They were saying that was like a done deal, mm. and we got the call. I was at camp when it happened. He wasn't fighting Joshua, so this is right before Wilder, where all of a sudden Wilder won in court. So I saw all that. He had been gone from his family for like, I mean, so like a long time at that point. Um, so what people don't realize is that these fighters, I mean, they might be gone for like half the year, mm-hmm. like media obligations. They're doing, you know, they're fighting multiple during camp. So I would assume that he really misses his family. I know he loves them. He had his son Prince out there for a little, but if he did want to retire, um, I think that'd be amazing for him because he knows that he's done well enough in the sport and made great money. And now there's going to be a lot of uh, different uh, avenues for revenue to come in where he doesn't have to fight. So I, I know that he loves it, but I think he's also intelligent and he can do a lot of other things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Retire undefeated like uh, Marciano. There's something to be yeah. said. Yeah. And as and as like obviously we'd all love to see him versus Joshua or Usyk, but then after that, I mean, I don't feel like, and I think that he actually has like an easy fight against them. I think that Joshua would be easier. I think Usyk, actually, I mean, I don't know. Usyk's one too though. He's just like two, because how it depends how you fight. Styles make fights, and to be honest, Tyson can close that gap. He's bigger than Joshua so fast that I don't think. <laughs> gonna let Usyk run around I think he's just gonna like beat him up and bully him and lean on him mm-hmm. so if I mean you're taking a guy 6'9 uh 280 guy who's I mean how tall is Usyk 6'2 6'3 low 200s um he's not gonna keep up with that even when Chisora was fighting him I mean if Chisora was a better fight he's a very good fighter he's very tough but like if you take a top level guy even Joshua doing that I don't think he takes that either but I think Usyk's a genius and a great fighter, but I don't see those guys even being a huge test. But then if you take those two fights away, what other fights does he have? So if he fights that winner, I mean, maybe he stays around for one more, but if he stayed past that, I think he doesn't really need to, but I think it would be awesome. 
if he fought one of those guys for sure. Yeah, I think if he fights the winner, I mean, that makes sense. But beyond that, I, there's no one that I think you would argue that he has to fight. You no. Know, like that that he couldn't retire feeling 100% that there was no no one left on the docket, you know, where people could say, like, you you avoided them, you ducked them, whatever. It's like, come on. Yeah. that That is what stinks, though, is, like, so many uh, fighters that we, like, love, a lot of times fights some fights didn't happen which is so sad but uh, or they didn't happen when we wanted them things like that but there's just so much business stuff and we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes you know what i mean so those that i mean that's the fight but then after that i don't know there's like good up and coming heavyweights but they're like too far behind they're not in that ranking yet so i mean he's not going to wait around i would i wouldn't think for a long time but we'll see you know, when we were at Hinkley last time, you know, I mentioned how it was great. We saw, you know, your fans with the shirts and stuff. But after the fight, you had talked about um, the the gentleman that you were raising fun, uh, funds for. Yeah. And um, was it Mauricio? Mauricio, yeah. Mauricio and, um, you know, Tyson Fury. You know, we talked a little bit about him today. It was great. Afterwards, we saw that he had even did a video to Mauricio, yeah. um, which we, we all shared. Um can you just give us an update on how Mauricio is doing? Yeah, he's doing well. So they, uh, how I know Mauricio, it's through Lee's Pro Shop, uh, Jay Samuelson. He's the owner up there. And that's his son-in-law. Um, so when he told me about it, uh, I mean, he's he's had a rough time for the past year. Um the the point he's at now is like he'll he'll make some strides but then it kind of stays at that for a while um but he, you know he's doing his like physical therapy every single day he has to have a nurse at his house and all that i think they I mean, it's expensive every single month and he's 24-hour care so uh but he, he makes some strides and then it sounds like he kind of stays at that point but then after like maybe a month, it starts because like for the first almost year, uh, there was there was nothing. He couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's had like little strides where he can uh, he's, he he's, hasn't gained any feeling in his hands or his legs yet. Mm. Uh, but they'll take him on, you know, trying to help him walk uh, with like braces. Uh, he's doing the bike. He's doing like the hand bike thing. And then practicing crawling just to get his uh, muscles and his body just active again. Um, and then we're just praying that the feeling comes along and he can kind of then feel what he's doing and, you know, make bigger strides. But it's he's still got, like, a long road for sure. Um, and it, it might – it's just small progress. You know what I mean? But the most important thing is that he just keeps doing all the physical therapy because that's, that's what makes him – go forward you know what i mean even though it's hard and um i like i just told him it was very encouraging for me um and motivating because seeing how hard he works for these little things sometimes it's really hard for us to continue when you don't see any progress so i just tried to encourage him too and uh yeah some people gave some money and that was amazing to help them out is that fundraiser still active right now yeah, it's still active. Um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, 
if you share that with us again, we'll definitely get it out there again. Um, yeah, I'm going to put it on my Facebook and Instagram again, just so people can see that easily. Um, but yeah, it's a GoFundMe. And I mean, anything helps. You can give anonymously. You don't have to have your name on there. So, I mean, if you give five, 10 bucks, I mean, if you get a uh, hundred people given that small amount, that adds up. So I think people don't want to give small amounts, but it doesn't really matter. It's like all that helps a lot actually. So yeah, if anybody sees that, if they could give, you know, five, 10, 15, whatever, you know what I mean? That all helps. So um, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I'll him and his family were at the fights in Hinkley, and uh, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned them and let them know that we're still all pulling for him and praying for him. I did see some of the videos that you've been sharing um, where he was crawling, like I said, yeah. mentioned how he was getting his uh, his sensations back and stuff, so I know he's working hard, so keep it up, Mauricio. Yeah, yeah, Thanks. for sure. Yeah, so it's not exactly uh, regular boxing, but I got to get a plug in for this guy coming up uh, later this week is uh, Mike Richmond, bare knuckle boxing. Uh, yeah. So I've been following him in his bare knuckle uh, boxing and uh, he's fighting this guy. I want to say he's from North Dakota or something. They call him the caveman, but these guys, bare knuckle boxing is intense, man. These guys, <laughs> they don't, they don't last long. It seems like you get hit, you know, you, you like you get sparked pretty fast, you know, cause yeah. the, which I guess in some ways is probably better. You're not taking a whole lot of punishment, but. Um, when that came out, my buddy's boxing trainer was training. Uh, I forgot if he competed in it or if he was training a fighter for it, but it was the first event BKB had. And he was sending me videos of all the people outside getting ready to go in. And I remember seeing the fights and the faces after and the hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you do a bare knuckle boxing fight, every fight your hands are swollen out to here. Your face is demolished. You have cuts. It's, uh, I told my wife after the first show, I said, maybe I should do a bare knuckle. Cause I was like, it's like just, it's just starting. I could be like a, big time fighter in that and she, when she saw everybody she said you're not doing that <laughs> yeah so and, uh i would hate for my kids to see me that way uh yeah it's because, pretty gnarly. I mean, they get they get like you said they get pretty intense and the ladies too you know women's oh. boxing they're always going back and forth throwing punches but with that bare knuckle you see some of the ladies come out and it's like whoa like, I mean, like you said, it's just, it's both men and women, but you're not used to seeing uh, women, you know, number one fighting, or at least I'm not, you know, I've been getting more and more into watching women's boxing too, but uh, yeah, the bare knuckle girls, you see them coming out and it's like, holy cow, man, they just got, you know, bruises and swelling. Like you said, their hands is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't imagine that they can do that very long. I feel like that's like a very short career. Um, Honestly, not even just because your face, but your hands can't. Mm. I mean, you have, all, you have so many little bones in your hands that once you do mess up your hand even a little bit, your hand, like, I mean, it takes forever to heal. So you might like have issues forever or it might be like a year straight where you just don't, it's not the same anymore. So mm. I can't imagine that a lot of those people are going to last long doing that. Mm. Um yeah, my but, dad broke, a, I think, his pinky um, when he was young. And he'd always talk about it every once in a while. You know, he'd it, hit in the bag or something. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, it's pinky, you know, and that he broke when he was a kid. You know, It doesn't go away, though, with, with some people, if it's bad enough. That's why, for me, like, I always have 
so much padding on my hands in the gym. And I wear like winning gloves a lot of the time because it's like big pillows. Like I want the most protection so I can make the most out of my time because once your hands go bad, I mean, my hand was like a little dung up my, my second fight from my first fight. And that made me realize, okay, there's no more, like take your hands all the time. Uh, because I was just kind of like, I wasn't trying to even hit hard with my right hand that fight. Cause I wanted to fight often. I didn't know that COVID was going to happen. And if I, if I didn't know that I would have pushed it harder, but I was thinking, okay, I want to fight again in like a month or two. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure you're healed. You get to choose your gloves. I saw a picture of a, on Eric Hinderocker's uh, page where it looked like his son had all the gloves. They had them all on the ground, you know, like they were getting ready for the Ignite fights, you know, the Ignite Mecca. That's where we were talking about. That's what this preview show is for down at Canterbury at the Expo Center. Um, but I couldn't see the brand on the gloves. You know, they were the logo side down. Yeah, they, they provide gloves. Um, I've been wearing Prolast gloves, uh, a company in California. They had made me some custom ones, but this fight I'm wearing Mexifino, which is a guy uh, who's been making gloves for a while. And now he's actually, ba- he lives in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, he has the brand. Mexifino. Oh, I think he did the top team gloves, didn't he? He did. Yeah. 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 Cause I knew I heard that name before I've seen that on the Minnesota top teams page. That's cool. Yeah. He makes really quality gloves. So I'm excited to support another local guy and, you know, his brand he's got a new one called omni as well um so these gloves are in tech they're omni and mexifino um and then yeah I, my, my opponent had the option to wear them as well so i'm excited to try those out nice how do those compare to the winning do they seem like they have the similar type of padding or are you uh, able so to re- request anything since he's local <laughs> my, my training gloves are full padding my fight gloves i actually remove all the padding yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> no uh no you've been my, hanging no. out with tyson too long no just kidding no oh, yeah. all that people that said he removed the padding from the gloves yeah yeah no uh no the gloves <laughs> are, are very different uh i wear like a puncher's type glove more so when i fight other than my second fight i use like a protective glove more foam okay uh, but like no the fights it's more a puncher's glove and then uh my sparring gloves are huge 18 ounce pillows um so i can protect my hands and then i don't beat up sparring partners too bad so they stay around (laughs) (laughs) nice who are you Uh, sparring with anyway uh it's a secret i'm just last time we we talked to you you had (laughs) mentioned you had done some with uh joey abel yeah, we're we're sparring tomorrow too, Joey. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go to his gym at Likes, and then I think we're sparring two days this upcoming week, and then hopefully two days the following week as well. Um, then whoever else, if I mean, I don't know. There's just not a lot of people here to be honest. When you were uh, out there working with uh, Nico Ali Walsh um like i told you before i had seen a picture where you were sparring with him and i was asking like how'd that go because he's little you know yeah. um do you yeah, that's, something yeah. similar like here like where do you try and get some smaller guys and maybe or that are faster to chase them around or or yeah now that you know that your opponent is a bigger guy like you said this time are you trying to focus on having a bigger guy in there with you you know when it comes to sparring yeah. well with joey it's nice because we're 
about the same size. We're both like 6'4", 6'5", 255. Um, and we're just strong, you know what I mean? So that's great for just hard work. That's hard work. Um, and then like Gavin Hendrickson's my good friend. So he's a guy where, you know, we'll do like light work. And uh, it, it's nice to see that sometimes. And like, uh, he can maybe throw more. I can work on my defense. Um, and then like small guys, you can kind of get used to their speed. Um, but I, I believe in like, I like to spar. If I could spar every day, I would. Um, that's like how I like to get in shape. It's not, uh, I don't really care about hitting mitts and hitting bags. It's fine, but like sparring is the best way. That's how you get to be a good boxer. It's not, it doesn't matter. Guys look great on the mitts and then they aren't good at fighting. So uh, to me, that's how you get good. And I think that you should work with everybody. There's like different, if you uh, think you're too good to like work with somebody, I mean, you could work with someone who's no good at all and let, you can let them throw punches at you forever. Or you can uh, maybe just do body boxing. Like Tyson, when I was in camp, some days he would take like a, a little bit of time off of like sparring to the head, not camp, but like before that he took like a little break and he was like sparring 20 rounds to the body, uh, which is really nice just because it pushes your cardio and um, it just gets you used to that physicality without taking head damage. Uh, but he would go 20 rounds straight, which is like, that's mm -hmm. nuts. Like he's like an old school fighter. He could fight all day. He's really mm -hmm. like, so, um, but yeah, I, I just, I'll spar anybody. It doesn't matter if they're big, small. It's just, you have to not be, um, if you're like a prick and you're trying to beat up a little guy, that's different. But if you're using right. it. I was going to clarify that. Yeah. You're not just beating up on little guys. You're no, using no. them to focus on specific things, right? Yeah, exactly. You can just, I mean, you should be able to work with anyone and have that control where even you just practice putting your hand out and like practicing distance or catching punches different stuff because little guys i mean their speed is just it's different you know what i mean so that even helps just with your eyes it's like the eye test you just get used to even seeing shots moving um yeah so i'll spar with anybody cool well i think that's about all i got for now i because like i told robbie earlier colton i can talk boxing with you guys all day long yeah i could uh, all i can say basically <laughs> is i'm really excited um, this card, I mean, the last Canterbury card was stacked too. I mean, honestly, I feel so spoiled. Like everything's been really good. Like the yeah. Hinky card was great. You know, uh, the armory card that we just had from Showtime was amazing. And now yeah. like this, this Canterbury card is stacked. It's like, oh my God, like it's just one hit after another. I'm just like, this is awesome. So yeah. I feel really spoiled right now with Minnesota boxing and I'm super excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I'm excited because, like, as you know, I didn't get to fight on this last show. But this, this you know, Canterbury is 10 minutes from my house, so I cannot wait to fight there. And the card is stacked from, like, the start to finish. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there are probably going to be a lot of knockouts, to be honest. There's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, they did good matchmaking. And, like, they're really well, a great job of doing this show. So, I mean, people... I hope that thing's packed. I think it will be. And I think that the fans won't be disappointed at all. Yeah, it was packed last time. And I, I fully expect it to be packed as you know this time as well. Um, and yeah, like you're not kidding with the matchmaking. You are uh, interview number two of scheduled 11 so far. I'm trying to get all 16. Um, 
but it's because there's so many good fighters and plus there's some names on there that um I, we haven't talked to before that i'm really excited to and uh and i haven't seen them fight before either so and some of these guys i know like you said they're coming from mma backgrounds um so yeah it's just if you haven't uh been to a live boxing show in minnesota what better time man canterbury ignite fights mecca uh, I can, I don't know the Roman numeral, what number it is. Sorry. I failed that in school, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. All right, man. Well, good to see you again, Colton. Good luck to you. We look forward to the fights for sure. Thanks for making time for us again. Thank you guys. God bless. Mm-hmm.